It's about ignoring everybody else, putting the blinders on and doing the work that you know resonates with your clientele because you've already done the market research. So when you can do that, it is your job. Your only job is to communicate fully what you can help with, how you can help them, why it looks better on the other side, and the fact that you understand what they're going through right now, and then you're able to make your offers. So those activities, having the conversations, getting on sales calls, nurturing the people, bringing solid value, and making sure that you are priced properly, like that's it is a lot easier to get to 20K months than most people are ever willing to agree to. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Empower with M. I am your host, Emily Jane Saroff but you can call me M. I hope you're ready to expand your mindset, raise your vibrations, break through limiting beliefs, and to seriously start owning your power. But before we dive into today's episode, if you haven't already, make sure you hit that subscribe button so you never miss out on any of my episodes. Now, I don't know about you guys, but I sure am ready. So let's get empowered. Welcome back to the podcast, everybody. I am so pumped for today's episode because I am sitting here with an absolute powerhouse. Like her energy is off the charts. We've been on the call for like five minutes already and I'm just absolutely buzzing off her own energy. So I'm so excited to introduce Sandra Hazley to all of you today, who is a high performance business strategist. So Sandra, welcome. Introduce yourself. I'm so happy to be here. This is this is going to be a fun one. This is already, I can tell it's going to be a fun one. <laughs> Yes, a business, a high performance business strategist. So that kind of involves all of the all of the things that uh, female entrepreneurs need in order to get a, a successful business going online, but also to sustain it. And you know that those high performance strategies, including the tactical approach, but the mindset as well, those are critical to like to get and stay in the game with. Because uh, as as many of your listeners might know too, it's real easy to get knocked off course based on the wrong idea, based on the fear, based on what are they going to think? Are they going to buy it? Like all of that, all of that stuff is involved. And then in, in tandem with are am I doing the right things? Are these the right strategies? So having those high performance elements in both sides, the strategic and the mindset are essential. And women are so freaking good at business. They are so good at it. If they could just get the mindset on board with like, I'm kind of an alpha and I'm going to own it. You know what I mean? So that's where we like to get them. I absolutely love that. And I love that you specifically help women as well. Like, I think it's so awesome to be, you know, helping other female entrepreneurs really grow and take ownership of like the power that we have as women. So I think that's so badass of you. And I want to dive so deep into like, obviously the mindset and the system side of things today. But before we even do that, like, tell us a little bit more about yourself, because from what I know, you've been a keynote speaker for Tony Robbins, which just sounds absolutely insane to me. So how did this all happen? <laughs> well, there was um, the, the the speaking thing kind of, that was something that I recoiled against for most of my life because uh, I just, I'm an introvert actually. And so the idea of taking the stage voluntarily was like a, t- a terrible, terrible choice. And, but I was, I was more or less given opportunities where people like needed me to do it. And so speaking at colleges where somebody, a speaker that they thought they had kind of bailed or fell out and they needed somebody to cover. So despite the fact that I was very uncomfortable on stages, I said yes to these opportunities because someone needed me. And so that's kind of when like the introvert like takes a back seat for a second and the, the, the Sandra that needs to do work shows up. 
And so I had enough of those experiences for certain universities and colleges that I've spoken to. I'd been on TV for certain things, uh, given the health clinic that I ran and, you know, been interviewed about that. And so I'm comfortable enough. And then there's this, there was this program that one of Tony Robbins companies was putting on and I went to the program and I liked it and they were looking for uh, speakers to represent them on a team. And so they had a handful of people that they wanted to grab and, and use on stages uh, nationally in America and also across the world. And so I was like, screw it. I'm just going to do it. <laughs> Throw the video in there and see what happens. And I got down the line and down the line and down the line. And they ended up choosing me to be on their speaking team. So I ended up getting some pretty elite level training on how to sell and speak from stage and into like, you know, massive audiences. And it's been, um, it was a joy. It was a, it was a thrill to learn from, you know, the best of the best in the industry, like TEDx speakers and everything. And, and then just, you know, meeting people along the way. It's been, it's been super fun. I think that's so incredible. And I love how, like, despite the fact that you said you were an introvert, you didn't let that become an excuse or a reason for you not to like go out and try new things. I think that's a big mistake that people can make is they put these labels on themselves like, oh, I'm an introvert. So that's justifies me not taking action on this or doing that. But you were like, nah, screw this. I'm going to do it anyway. I'm going to step outside my comfort zone and I'm going to face those fears and rise. I think that's really epic. It's so good that you said that. that it's, it's You're so smart to say that, that the people attach themselves to the labels. They get comfortable and use it as an excuse, but they don't always realize they're using it as an excuse. It just feels like, well, I can't because look at all the introverts. They don't, so I can't. And it's it's justified by the other character types in your experience. So, you know, when you can crack that open and say, I'm a true introvert, you give me the option of going out to any bar, any restaurant, any concert and sitting on my couch with a cup of tea and Netflix, I'm at home every time, like 10 out of 10. So when it, but when it comes to something like this, people are like, well, how do you show up on stages then? And I'm saying like, I didn't even show up on social media until 2019 because I was terrified of judgment of people. It's too human out there. Like there's too many, like there's too many eyeballs, too much judgment. And when somebody challenged me to say like, okay, if there were a thousand people in a room with you and they were all making fun of you, but there was one person in the back of the room crying and begging for your help, would you ignore the rest of them and say what you needed to say for that one person? Like you're damn right I would. So it, it became that. Like, what do you stand for? And who do you think you are? Who do you say you are? And who do you show up as really? So it's like I might be an introvert, I might be comfortable there, but that doesn't mean that I don't have work to do where I can compartmentalize and become this for somebody else. And it's not fake and it's not pretending to be something else. It's just showing up in a way where people need you and you can actually reach them. Mm-hmm. I love that. And I find that like one of the biggest struggles that I p- hear people have is like they struggle to step into that confidence and and uh, really rise above these fears that do come up for them. So you've obviously done this for yourself and you've got in your mindset to this place where, you know, you rise above all of that. But how would you suggest someone else goes about, you know, working through the struggles and the fears that they have surrounding lack of confidence or lack of self-belief, or maybe they are trapping themselves in that label of being an introvert? How would you encourage them to start stepping out of that? Two weeks ago, I'm just, I was just finishing up this one chapter of the book that I'm about to release called The Power Method. And it's about that. It's about digging into like this portion of the book anyways, about digging into that piece of those pieces of yourself that are there that you forget about or that you don't recognize enough. And so one of the ways that I found really powerful is to like, we all get, we all get conditioned by our environment from a very young age. We get picked on at school. Maybe we have a home environment that isn't very supportive. 
And eventually, you know, we go from this infant that thinks they can take on the world and everybody's supposed to take care of them. And I cry and things happen and it works for me, whatever. And then we, we, and then we find out people don't like our hair or the way we talk or what we dress like, or the way, you know, our family, whatever. So all of these things over the years kind of like hit us like little, like water torture. And eventually we start hearing more of that than we do about what our inside says we are about what our history says we are about what those compliments that we gained from the past what, what, what did those speak into our lives? So instead, uh, and that's natural because you're trusting your environment to tell you who you are and you're not old enough. The brain isn't developed enough to decide who you are. So as an adult, as a, as a woman, grown woman, you get to say, what are the natural things that I am absolutely for sure? Like unquestionable, like I, things I'm good at things that I know that I'm good at. Let me think through those. Let me one, two, three, let me just start listing them because when you start listing them out, you start remembering more. And then you can go to the next tier of, and what do people compliment me on all the time? That's like no big deal for me. Like, oh my gosh, I can't believe you can do this so fast. I can't believe you produce this so well. I can't believe that's so easy for you. And you're like, what? You can't? I didn't, what? It's not even a big deal. Those things are like little superpowers when they impress other people. That's how you know it's not natural for everyone. And when you can say without like being cocky about it, like in true humility, I have these skill sets. These are very valuable. These I'm, I'm, first of all, I'm worthy because I am. And second of all, I do have a lot of skill sets and, and value proposition for the world in all of these different ways. And let me just look at those. And in Mm -hmm. fact, all of these people with their opinion, good and bad has nothing to do with who I actually am anyway. So am I going to listen to my own nonsense based on what other people gave me? their nonsense, or am I going to listen to what's more true and what I've been able to show myself in the last 20, 25, 30, 40, 50 years that I've been on planet earth. So focusing and listing out all of the awesome and like allowing yourself to say it, like, let's, let's stop pretending we need to be like polite and like, Oh no, 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 I'm not that great at this. Like just freaking own it because you are, and you're allowed to, you're allowed to be good at things. And so start looking at those and really appreciating them about yourself. It's so funny you say that as well, because I was talking to my psychic. Now I go see a psychic because I love, I love the whole, you know, spiritual side of things. And we were talking about that topic about like how so many people just humble themselves down because they feel like talking about your strengths is going to be like boasting or I guess rubbing it in other people's faces, but that's not what it's about at all. I think it's so important that we do start, you know, sharing our strengths and actually celebrating ourselves a bit more because that's what makes the big difference with between like, you know, the confidence that you do have in yourself when you start to actually recognize yourself, what you are so capable of. Absolutely. Absolutely. And and allowing yourself to, to own, recognize, appreciate, and be proud of and grateful for, like, let's be grateful for the fact that we have these skills, whether they were given to us at birth or whether we earned them through our experience in our life. But like, if we can own them, doesn't that just give another woman permission to own her stuff so that you don't have to do that back and forth weird thing where somebody goes, oh my gosh, I love your outfit. And you're like, oh, it was only like $12. I got it on sale. It wasn't a big deal. How about just say, thank you. And they're like, oh, permission to be powerful and graceful at the same time and say, thank you for a compliment. Weird. Like this is what gives other women permission to be great. And and we can all be great at the same time without competing. It's amazing. (laughs) I love that permission to be powerful and graceful. I love that. I'm going to start using that all the time now. And whenever someone, (laughs) you know, shuts down a compliment, I give them, I'm saying, babe, I'm giving you permission to be powerful and graceful right now. (laughs) 
Yes. Yes, exactly. Just say thank you. And that is all you have to say. <laughs> 100%. So what I want to have a bit of a chat about is obviously you, you work with people in terms of like branding, sales, launch strategies, and particularly helping people scale their businesses to making things such as 20K plus months, right? And so obviously there's some important mindset shifts that would have to be made in order to get your business to scale to that sort of size. So do you want to give us a bit of insights into what you've sort of noticed is the main mindset shifts that really help someone get to that point where they are bringing in over 20K in profit, you know, per month of their business? Yes. Woof on the mindset that's out there right now. Okay. Because most of the things I see right off the bat, I'm talking like, if it's not 90, it's 99. The percentage of women who price under the value that they deliver because of things like I'm not certified with a six-year degree in this because of things like, well, I don't feel like people would buy this in my market or people just, people aren't used to seeing this. They wouldn't pay anything for it. And I can call BS on that all day long because I see women doing things in all different industries all over the world and they're getting paid for it. And so the the idea that if you have an excuse as to why you're not pricing properly, your excuse is not valid. And I promise you it's not. So where when it comes down to, well, what do I price? It's it's not arbitrary. It's not just like throw up a number and see what sticks. It's It's really about... What do you deliver to the person that you're serving? So if you can sit there and say, all right, I am, if, if I'm a service-based individual online and I bring women from this spot in their lives that's, that's painful, that's frustrating, uncomfortable, and I help them transform into this woman, this version of themselves, who's more free, who's got more time or more money or, or less weight and more energy or more focus or a better relationship, what does that transformation provide the person you serve? In most cases, it was you in the past. That's why you're doing this. Most cases, sometimes it's not. But if it was you, then it's really easy. You can go back there to that time in your life and say, if somebody would have given me an eight-week process for this or a 12-week process where I didn't have to struggle through it for three years and, and, and feel that pain and feel that like angst and that loneliness or that financial burden or whatever, how much would you have paid for that? If somebody said, I will alleviate all of this for you. And this is what's going to be like on the other side. And then they said, that'll be $3,200. You'd be like, take it, like take it faster than you're taking it actually. And also take more this. When you think about it, like how much would you pay? What is the value of that? Like what you would literally pay. That's when it becomes kind of a, let me play with the number. Like, let me feel like a number that, that, that aligns with me, that resonates with me, not pricing just to price, but start the value and what that gives somebody and why they need that in their life. and then. What feels good to you to charge? Sometimes, especially with newer entrepreneurs, sometimes it takes a minute to work up to the right level. Energetically, you just have to feel better about saying the number and that's okay. But what I'm saying is that you are still pricing too low if people are like pretty much buying it like at 100% without objections. Sometimes you really have to price it lower at first in order to realize that it is never worth it to price it that low. Once you experience the exchange with the client and how much they take for how little they pay, it is worth their time and your time because when they pay more, they've got more skin in the game. They take it more seriously. They show up, they're committed, and you have way more fun and they get, they get what they came for. So mm-hmm. referrals come, pricing, pricing confidence comes up. You increase the price and 
you increase the confidence. You also increase the experience as you go because you never stop doing better for them next time and next time. And so this is kind of like the pricing thing is so important. What do you bring people through? And what would you have paid for that if you could have had that and saved all that time and stress? And we so often undervalue ourselves. And I've experienced exactly what you said there before about, you know, you undervalue yourself and then you have someone come through at that price and then you realize, oh, shit, like I am so undercharging my time and energy right now. And something else that I find really funny is that the lower you sort of like price your package, well, when it works on a one-to-one basis, I find that the higher ticket clients you have, they're just so much more invested and actually ask for less from you. They're so much more self-driven. But when there's a lower investment, they sort of depend on you so much more and try to ask and ask and ask and ask more than rather do themselves. So there is a massive mindset thing involved in the way that you're valuing yourself from the perspective of a client as well, because they are going to show up so differently compared to if they're paying, you know, $500 or three grand for the program that you're running. Absolutely. there. It's And it's not about them being, as you know, it's not about them being worse people. It's about their money mentality, their mindset, where they're at with things and pricing and, and value in general. And when you work with people who don't have those kinds of money blocks that are like, I see the value, take my money. Yeah. You've communicated the value to the point where I believe it. And I trust you because I've been following you enough and you keep giving this like good material out there. So um, now that you've explained what goes on in your program, take my money and watch me work. These are the people that you end up going harder for. This beautiful thing happens when you price properly and you price higher, like you price like a, a higher ticket offer. You start, you know, that it feels better in your body to have that exchange for value to currency. So you show up fully because now you feel like it's fair. Now it's fair. Now all those years I experienced and packaging those up, distilling it down into a step-by-step for these women, showing them support along the way, making sure that I answer every question, even if I don't know it, I'll find it for them. And you commit to them, your energy, your focus, your mind, your heart, and they're paying you properly. Ooh, those women get what they need. And they are so grateful and they know. And so it's about really like vetting those people properly. And that's why when you're doing those higher ticket offers, you gotta, you gotta get on sales calls. You have to vet because you don't want everybody. You want the right ones. Like you do not take just anybody. And if there's a gut check in the beginning, that's like, eh, but I'm sure it'll be fine. Don't do it. Like, don't do it. Run. Like it won't be fine. I promise. This is so true. And honestly, what I find is it's really is about aligning your mindset, right? When you're trying to raise your prices and scale your business and like becoming aligned with the value that you're sort of placing on yourself. And I think for me personally, there was like major mindset shifts that had to happen for me to go and like achieve my first 10K month. And I think like there has to be another big like shift every single time you're trying to scale further, right? So what do you believe is the difference that in the shift that you need to make within your mindset to take yourself from that 10K to that 20K and even to eventually that 100K month, right? Yes. Okay. So I think it's a couple of things. When it comes to the 10K to 20K months, there is a jump that is, and I say this having worked with people who are like, I want to get from 500,000 a year to a million a year. I want to get from one to 2 million a year. Like I've seen those, there are different jumps at different levels, but the 10 to 20 thing, people can get stuck at 10 for a long time. And part of it is you don't need to be doing all the things that you were doing to get you to 10K months. And I will argue to say that you never had to be doing half of them to get to 10K months anyway. 
but you think that because they've been part of the process all the way through, you got to keep them. And so let's keep them going and double down on some more things or some extra or invest in this or that to get to 20. That seems right, right? Like take my pyramid base and keep on adding to get to the 20. No, most likely it's it's start removing. Let's take the things out that you actually don't need to be doing, keeping in mind that not everybody needs an email list. Not anybody needs to even be doing ads. Like you don't have to go that route at all if you don't want to. You can stay organic all day long. Let's take out the idea that you have to use social media in this way. When there are people that are connected with a stronger network in person, online, but privately, you don't necessarily need to use social media at all in order to do what you're doing. And when you plug into other people's networks, like if you're doing podcasts or if you're showing up and doing live presentations or doing speaking roles, you can sell in those avenues and you can decide that you only take on this level of high ticket clientele clientele per month, per package. And that, and if you want the 20K, if you want the 40K, you back into the numbers of how many women do I need to take on for this period of time in order to hit and sustain those numbers? How much support do I need in that? And how many appearance, appearances or promotional like conversations do I have to have with my audience, whether it's online, offline, wherever, in order to make those things happen? So for instance, if you were to say, all right, well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have a 5K a month program. And it's going to be six women. Like there's your 20. How are you going to get them? It's a matter of do what activities are going to bring those women in your world. It's not scrolling and scrolling and comparing and looking at content and seeing how you can modify that or make it your own or this went viral. So maybe you can create something like that. Maybe I'll throw it in reels. Maybe I'll, that stuff takes forever and it's a waste of time. It's about ignoring everybody else, putting the blinders on and doing the work that you know resonates with your clientele because you've already done the market research. So when you can do that, it is your job. Your only job is to communicate fully what you can help with, how you can help them, why it looks better on the other side, and the fact that you understand what they're going through right now, and then you're able to make your offers. So those activities, having the conversations, getting on sales calls, nurturing the people, bringing solid value, and making sure that you are priced properly, like that's it is a lot easier to get to 20K months than most people are ever willing to agree to. I love that. I think you are such a powerhouse. I'm like blown away by you right now. I'm loving it. (laughs) And I really love how you said in particular that like what you did to get you to 10K isn't what you have to do to get to that 20K. It can be about regrouping and revising. And in saying that as well, I think that there's a massive fear that people uh, carry and it's around like investing into a team and like, and having people support you in scaling because, you know, we can get stuck in this mindset of, oh, no one's going to do it how I'm going to do it. Or, oh, but this is my baby. Like, I don't want other people to ruin it. But what's your opinion on like the importance of scaling and utilizing a team in order to scale? Yes, uh, fantastic topic because that's a bottleneck for a ton of people, especially women, because we, we tend to get a foothold in our marketplace after a lot more work than maybe our male counterparts. And so we're used to doing doing better work and doing it harder and making it known. And so the idea of maybe delegating to a team or hiring somebody part-time for something sounds a little bit scary because what if they drop the ball? I wouldn't. Nobody is going to care about your business as much as you do. But what are the tasks that are still necessary, but not critical priority in terms of making the money? Like what tasks do you have that you might need to to keep in order to keep the business going or to nurture and take care of the clients that you have, but that don't need to be you? Because if they don't need to have your voice and have your heart and have your expertise, those things can be passed along to somebody else. 
So one of the examples are if you have a private Facebook group where you're nurturing people, like where it's a, it's a paid group and women are, are showing up in this area and, and you're showing up doing lives and training like several times a week or whatever, small group breakouts, anything like that. It would be smart to have a group manager where that person is the point person for any and all questions that they might have, because that person understands your entire model, what you do, how you can help and where the resources resources are for these women so that you don't have to answer the questions all day long throughout the day and, and be pinged on messenger notifications all the time. That person can take care of that, alleviating you from five to six hours a week. Another one is I'm going to have somebody check my emails and personally text me when there is something of high value or high priority. Like, I don't check my emails anymore. I'm going to have somebody tell me, hey, you got to look at this. I'm going to send it through, like, heads up. Okay, that's the one I want to look at. Other, have them sift your emails for you. Like, that will save you a ton of time. And that will that will keep you out of zombie mode from, like, the shiny objects. And the if you give a mouse a cookie, they're going to click on that email and then that link. And then that, you know, it's, it's all about, like, maximizing your efficiency and doing the things that actually are meant for you. Another one of those could look like, hey, I, you know, I like to... I like to connect with with women by doing podcasts or speaking events or going into other people's groups and being interviewed. Well, how do I get those conversations going if I'm also trying to nurture the client? You can have a virtual assistant make those introductions and say, hey, I'm Sandra's assistant. My name is Michelle. And I just wanted to reach out because it looks like your group is a good fit for something that she talks about. And here are the expertises that she has. And here's what she loves to discuss. If this would be valuable to your audience, let me know and I'll put you guys together. Have somebody do those intros so that you can come in and be like, hey, that's, you know, so glad that you got back to Michelle. Let me know if I can be helpful. And then you pick up the ball, but you don't have to do all the legwork in the market research. And this is where it's like, who cares if it's not perfect? It's not even supposed to be. And nobody even thinks it's you. You've said it's your assistant. And that's okay with everybody because like that's super professional to have an assistant. And you can't be expected, nor should you, nor does anyone else expect you to do everything. Mm-hmm. 100%. And I always like to think of it as you're not meant to be doing $10 hour work. You're meant to be doing the $1,000 hour work. So you need to outsource people to be doing that $10 hour work. So then you can actually be doing what your time and energy and where you need to be physically present as well. So emails yes. are something I hate. So I've got someone helping me with my emails too, because it just drains your yes. energy. Yes. And it, it also, like a lot of women, I think people in general will be like, oh, I got to check my email. Like if you have the, uh, before you even check anything, it's like, maybe you should give that away. Like that's, <laughs> that's going to bring your vibe down every time. Give it, give it to somebody else or get rid of it. Yeah. 100%. 100%. And I think there's such a big misconception as well. Like, I think people think that they have to be making 10 K a month before they can start outsourcing help. Like for me personally, I decided from like the third month of running my business that I was bringing on like a get shit done girl because I want to work smarter, not harder. And I know that if I need to scale and grow, like I need to have my energy where it's needed. And so I straight away was able to break past that mindset, you know, of, of investing in someone else. But then I know it's such a struggle that other people are working on. But again, it comes back to working on your money mindset, I think in particular, Mm -hmm. and realizing that if you're invest, like it's an investment, you're not losing money, you're investing Mm -hmm. your money into someone else. That's going to help you make it back. Yeah. And I think that that part in particular is even I struggled with this in the beginning was, okay, if I, and I found that this is like really common with women. If I invest in a, in a virtual assistant for five or $6 an hour, by the way, and they're happy to pay it because the, con- the conversion of dollars to say like, 
you know, like Filipino currency is incredible for them. It's a great living wage. And so we wouldn't pay somebody like that in, in America. They wouldn't take that, that wage, but like they're happy to have it. And it's a good wage in another part of the world. So if I invested in that, in somebody else and say, I'm paying them $150, $200 a week. Well, that's great that they're taking four or five hours a week from me or whatever. I wasn't even doing the math on that, but let's just say like hourly, like let's say, let's say whatever I paid them, they were getting, they were taking five or six hours a week away from my workload. I, I didn't necessarily trust myself to take those hours and, and do sales activities with all of them. So I didn't believe that I would actually turn that into an investment to make more money. So it's about that. That's where the mindset comes in again for, am I capable of doing this? Do I know what, what activities I should be doing? Am I brave enough to show up and be that person, be that version of myself? And that's the other reason that people don't hire out is because they don't, they don't feel like they'll, they'll just like end up like sitting back and being like, should I, should I contact them? I don't know. Is that weird? Should I sell? I don't know. Sales is gross. I don't know. So they don't end up, you know, making the value back. So what I want to have a chat about that is because I know that, you know, you create systems and schedules to really help people not have to work more than 36 hours a week, which I think is, you know, so awesome. Like the dream would be to work the least amount of hours while still being able to make the biggest impact, right? So what are your tips on how to really create systems to be efficient and productive with your time and energy? Uh, Yeah, that's, it's imperative for me with four children and several businesses. So that's the thing that I get from women the most, but like, how do you do it? And I'm like, I literally walk you through how to do it. So when, (laughs) when, When you have, like, everybody's got a different circadian rhythm. Everybody's got a different, like, energy zone for the day. For instance, like, my entire team and all my clients know that I'm not really operating at function, like, not even at base function until, like, 11 a.m. my time. So don't ask me important questions until that 11 o'clock ticks because I'm, like, fuzzy. I, like, don't really know. I call my kids different names, like, until 11 a.m. So if that's the case, it's not like I can just say, oh, I only work from 11 to 3 p.m. I, I have more things that I can be doing and I'm like, let's get stuff done. But if I'm getting up and getting to the computer at say nine in the morning, but my brain doesn't start operating at a like high frequency until 11, I got two hours. What am I going to do? Okay. So the low level activities that I can do are, are doing the market research or connecting back with people that have responded to me or are asking me questions. I could be with that time taking in information. If I'm doing a training course or a learning series or a podcast that I want to listen to and feed my brain with. I could be doing meditation at that time. I could be, I could be recording things for a digital course, audio version that I need to be doing. I could be dictating things for my book that I know that I needed to get done at a certain time, but I've already like planned out the outline. So I know what I'm saying. It doesn't take high level work for that. So thinking about what kind of tasks do you do during the hours of the day where you're not like optimally functioning? So what are those hours that you're not? And then what are the things you can do? Like errands, running errands cleaning up the house, getting that stuff done, deciding on any typical day, Sunday through Saturday, what is your energy level typically like? Looking at it from there first and then saying, okay, given my energy levels and I color code mine throughout the week. And I did this two years ago and I never had to do it again because this is like how my energy works during the day. So I did it once and I looked at that and I'm like, okay, so if I only have the like four to five hours and sometimes a second wind at night for two hours for really high level stuff, what am I going to do during those hours? That's going to be course creation. That's going to be taking calls with clients. That's going to be recording videos that need to get done. Everything else is going to be 
like all of the other activities. No, by the way, while I'm looking at this, which activities do I not need to be doing? This is a good time to delegate and ditch. So that's when I can look at that, look at that day and say, all right, I'm going to plan my family hours around this. Those are a hell no zone. Nobody comes in on my family hours that's phoned on the counter or on silent or shut down. And like nobody breaches that zone. That's the orange zone. Nobody comes in there. And so like for my color coding and then for, um, for, for that flow zone, man, I protect that flow zone too. Like nobody comes in here. I've got like always, I always have my like noise canceling headphones. I built a soundproof office. I have like my, it's literally soundproof. I have this space where I can like lose time because outside of that, it's the tertiary stuff. And so looking at, if you can know when your highest peak energy is going to be for focus, you can get way more done in that pocket if you protect it and if you value it and make it make it yours for those high level important activities for sure. I love that. I think that what you said about knowing when you are most productive in the day is a really valuable thing to become aware of because yeah. you know we could be spending our most high functioning time doing the lowest priority activity. And then by the time we get around to doing the high priority activity, we're burnt out or we're exhausted and we're just not functioning properly. And then of course, the other thing, like setting your environment up for success as well, like having the noise canceling earphones, making sure you're in a non-distracting environment, like it's all so important. So I think they're really, really valuable tips to implement. I think that the only question I have is like one thing I always hear is, People's biggest struggle when it comes to being productive and time efficient is they're getting overwhelmed trying to figure out like when they should be doing everything or how they should be doing it. So what's your tips for working around that? You ask really good questions. Uh, No wonder your listeners love you. Okay. So the (laughs) tips for that are if you want to grow your business, the, the, the things you need to be doing and nothing else are putting out valuable content that actually helps people and ignore what other people are doing in your niche, ignore how they're saying it, ignore how they're using emojis, do it your way, deliver it well, so well that there are people that can use your help for free and never ever pay you and be okay with that. That's the kind of content you're going to put out and do that in batch form. So when you have those energy pockets in the day, you create on one topic because you're in flow and you're on, you're on one track create four, five, six posts on that topic. Little posts, big posts, deeper posts, helpful posts, funny posts, create batch for your content. And when you're, you're posting like that, then the other activities that you need to be doing is having real conversations in comments, in chat, in DM, voice notes, wherever, real conversations with people you actually want to work with not because of their money, but because they're cool people that you'd like sit on a couch with and eat popcorn and chat about nothing. They're that cool. Those people are the ones that make it not feel like work. And those people are the ones that make, that actually commit to your process, are so grateful for your services and thank you for letting them pay you. So when you're having conversations like that with people, make sure that the next, the very next step in there is that you are having the sales conversation and not be weird about it. Like do not be weird about it because that's the, that conversation is the only thing that's going to get these people the help they need. And you don't have to be pushy. You can just invite it and you can invite it after you've had enough conversation and you'll know when they trust you to offer it. And it's okay if they say no, but like, you'll know when it's right to even mention it outside of that, your other, like the third main, main category of activity you should be doing period is building your audience. So that if you're constantly creating new and awesome material and you're constantly having conversations with the people in your audience, 
eventually, if you never grew that, they would expire and they would all eventually become clients or not. And that would be that and you'd be done. You have to continue to grow your audience and reach out to new people that need your help because there are literally too many of the people in the world, in your niche, in your ICA for you to ever, ever help. So if you were to do that, you'd never run out of people, but you would always keep your pipeline full. So it's a matter of order every day when you sit down to your computer, whatever days those are for these hours, you will commit to this amount of time to do those three activities. And this is how I've seen people build successful 20K plus months in less than four hours a day. Mm-hmm. It happens all the time. If they just focus on what they need to do to grow their business. Wow. Honestly, this is like the most valuable information that you're providing us with today. Like I'm excited to sit down and re-listen <laughs> to this episode. I find when I'm like in the zone of asking questions, I'm like, oh yeah, this is awesome. This is awesome. That's awesome. And then I have to come back afterwards and like listen to everything I've asked and the responses that you guys have given. But like, this is so incredible. So thank you so much for sharing all of this value with us all today. Now I do have two more questions that I want to ask you. The first one is what is one empowering piece of advice you'd love to leave our listeners with today, given that this is the Empower With Them podcast? I say this all the time. And it's not about me, but I frame it about me so that you can get it that it's about you. I always tell people I do whatever I want and so can you. Like do whatever you want in your way. And that is the way that will magnetize the people. As long as you're owning it and stop being weird about it, stop acting like nobody wants that, stop acting like it's it's too different and nobody will relate. Be your weirdness, be your uniqueness, be your whatever, and be fully you. You can do whatever the F you want. We can all do that. And it doesn't have to look like somebody else's launch plan, somebody else's sales plan. It can be whatever you want because there are ways to make it all work no matter who you are. Do what you want. I feel like too often people get stuck in this mindset of, oh, no one's ever done it this way before. Therefore, it must not work. So I have to do what someone else is doing. But who says you can't be the creator of a new solution, right? Like do it your own way and and stay authentically you. And then that's where all the growth and success is going to come from in the end of it all. Sandra, like this has been such an incredible podcast. Can you share with all of our listeners, you know, where they can find you if they want to, you know, work with you or to just follow your journey after this episode? Pretty much the easiest way to do it is, I mean, like I'm all on all the channels. I'm the most active on Instagram and Facebook, but if you go to the sandrahasleyco.com, it's going to take you to everything, all the quick links, all the social media channels. And, you know, there are in my free group, I do free coaching. I do a lot. We have an entire course for new entrepreneurs free that allows them to go from zero to paid clients so that they have something to start with so they can grow. So if you don't have anything yet, then yeah, and you want to work with me, but you want to get money in order to work with me, then here you go. Here's a free course. You don't have to pay to do it. And I mean, there's like digital course options. There's all the stuff in there, but like, I love the, I love the free live coaching interactions because nobody does it really on a high level like that. And I feel like, like me and my team, like we, we rotate because it's just not good enough to expect people to pay you when they don't even know how it is, how it feels to interact with you. So, so that's where I love connecting with people first. I love that. I'll definitely be going and um, joining all those groups and I'll pop the link to your website in my show notes as well. So everyone can easily access that and it'll be no worries at all. But Sandra, honestly, this has been such an awesome episode. I've loved every second of talking to you and I know that I've taken so much value myself that I'm going to go and apply to my own business journey. Thank you so much for your time today. You're welcome. Thank you so much for having me. This is a blast. Absolutely. So that's a wrap on today's episode. 
If you enjoyed this podcast or know somebody who needs to hear this, then send this to them and share it to your stories tagging me at empower.with.m.podcast. If you want more from the podcast, make sure you jump on over to the Empower community on Facebook. I have popped the link in the show notes of this episode, so I can't wait for you to join me there. But that's all for me for now, fam. It's time I love you and leave you. So until we hang again, remember you can break through any limiting mindset, any limiting belief, and you can rise above any challenge and step up and truly be empowered.